everybody. Welcome back to the Ministry Staff Podcast. I'm so glad you're back with us. I'm your host, Chad Giddens. Listen, if you you know that the deal here, if you work in a ministry, a missions organization, a church, you volunteer, you're a staff member, this is the podcast you want to subscribe to. You want to tell other people you work and volunteer with about it because we're talking about real ministry things that happen when you serve and you work in a ministry. Sometimes those problems are unique, and if you don't understand them, you, you could those things could stop you and hurt your future. We don't want that. What we want is not only you flourishing with God, but your ministry flourishing as well. And you are a part of that. Listen, today, this is what I'm talking about right here. It's not going to be a uh, necessarily a fun topic, but it is certainly true. It happens so much. And here it is. My leader is being too hard on me. Okay. My leader is being too hard on me. Listen, it is a tactic of the enemy to get you to judge your leadership through your emotions and your feelings and your own mind instead of by the word of God. You look at your leader, you look at the way they act and you say, you know what? That didn't make me feel great. I I don't like the way they did that. Therefore, my leader is in the wrong. The moment you begin to do that, begin to disregard their calling as a leader, You open yourself up to some problems, some great difficulties. Now, I don't have the time to go into everything there. If you really want a good, good study about what submitting to leadership is and and what spiritual authority is, you go get John Bevere's book, John Bevere. Let me say it in English now. John Bevere's book on Undercover. I've been through that thing three or four times. Absolutely amazing. Listen, it is for sure that you're going to have some difficulty with your leaders, I mean, that happens. There's no way around it. And I want you to understand this principle. Leaders are people. They are not perfect. There's sometimes there's some difficulties with your leader because you don't understand what's going on. And you don't understand and you're not, your, your maturity level is low or your emotions are high and you're misrepresenting, misinterpreting the situation. Sometimes there are some difficulties with your leader because they're in the wrong and you better be showing some mercy. If you go look in the Old Testament, you go read about Moses. I, it's one of the things I found so interesting. Moses was not perfect, but man, if you stood up against him, God was going to deal with you. He swallowed a whole group of people into the earth and closed it back over the top of them. And he stood and protected and guarded Moses. Now, that's just a little side note. That's not all that I'm getting into today, but let me me get back to it. My leader is being too hard on me. Let let me tell you something. A while back, sometime back, I had a conversation with one of the people I'd worked with, and they had not done their job properly. I mean, that was the truth. I had told him and I said this and that, and it had not gotten done the way I said. And it was going to cause a problem. In fact, it, it was several things that had not gotten done. And as, as I've had to do many times with the people who work under me, I had to sit them down and say, look, this ain't going to work. I've been gentle with a warning, so I'm about to go into boss mode. You better get up on your job, get this right and get it done because I ain't going to put up with this much longer. I pay you to do a job and I expect it to be done right. And that's not unreasonable. Okay, you do get paid at a ministry or if you're a volunteer, you're serving in a ministry. You may not be getting paid, but you you made a commitment. I volunteered for years and years in my ministry and I was faithful at it. God blessed it. Don't think because I'm not getting a paycheck that you're not getting paid. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not the case. 
anyway, this this person that works for me, my employee, after I had fussed at him a few days, a, a, a week or so later, they came to me and said, Chad, I didn't like that. And man, the first thing I did was thank them for coming in my office, sitting down and telling me that. I so appreciate my people being honest with me. If they won't come and talk to me, now listen to me, people. Listen to me, volunteers. Listen to me, staff members, what I'm about to say. If you don't come and talk to your leaders, you're never going to learn and grow some of those secret, intimate, behind-the-scenes things that motivate your leader. If you don't understand their motivation, you will not understand how they're acting. I appreciate it so greatly. This person came and talked to me. It's the first thing I did. I thanked them for telling me that it bothered them the way I talked to them and what I said. And listen, you say, well, I don't like the tone of voice of my leader and this and that. Look, get over it. Just get over it. It's not that big a deal. Anyway, I listen, you know, I could do a whole podcast on dealing with people's tone of voice. I just it's just not even worth it. Just get over it. But anyway, I said, here's why I said what I did. I told this person, I sat him down. I said, here's why I did this. First of all, you weren't doing right. That's, that's, that's real. That's legitimate. Second of all, there would have been no reason for me to fuss at you if you did not have a future. And that's what I want you to hear right now. There's no reason for you to get correction if you don't have a future. You're going to need to grow and be better and become more because there is a greater future for you. Now, I want to look at it in the Bible. If you look through the Bible, there is no shortage of stories of people that had a future. And in between their present and their future, there was some difficulty. If you look at it, just, just take King David. Man, he had a great future as king of Israel called. But man, he was running for his, for his life from Saul. Running for for his life. And and again, you can go through so many things in the Bible besides the life of Jesus, called to be the Savior of all things. But let me tell you, it did not go all easy with him on that path to his future. And we'll talk about that a little, little, little later on. But I want to get this. Genesis chapter 17 is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Hagar. Hagar is a servant to Sarah, and Sarah is Abraham's wife. So Hagar becomes pregnant by Abraham. If you know the story, I'm not going to get into all the details. Sarah gets really upset that Hagar is pregnant, and she starts to severely mistreat Hagar. Hagar, understandable reaction, but not necessarily the right one, does make sense, but it's not right, gets mad. She says, I'm out of here. I'm not going to sit in here and be severely mistreated. Let me tell you something. I've seen so many people in the ministry do that. They've been mistreated. And they say, because what's happening to me is wrong, I'm out of here. I'm not, I'm, I don't want to get into legality. You know, if your leader is beating you with a baseball bat, you should leave. I, within reason, that's not the way you should always respond to just get up and leave difficulty. Here's why. Check this out. In Genesis chapter 17, I'm looking at verse 6 through 10. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase this. Hagar leaves. She heads out into the wilderness. She has nowhere to go. She's just out there. In fact, the, the angel, it says, the angel of the Lord, the Lord came and found her and said, hey, Hagar, where are you running from and where are you going? Hagar only had one answer. I'm running from this. I actually don't know what I'm about to go do. She just had one answer. And this, and this is what's, what's difficult sometimes uh, 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 about doing right 
is that is God says to her, here's what I want you to do, Hagar. And this is verse nine. Go back to Sarah and humbly submit to her control. Now, God is not an idiot. He's not blind. He knows that Sarah is severely mistreating Hagar. He says, Hagar, go back. Hagar, go back to where you were at and sit there and, and stay there. This is why. This, this is why it's important. Listen to what I'm saying. The next verse, he says this, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they cannot be numbered. Listen, there was a promise for Hagar. She had a future and she had a blessing from God and she was not going to find it in the wilderness. It was back at Abraham's house and she was going to have to endure some difficulties, difficulties that were not fair. They were not her fault, but nevertheless, she was going to have to endure them in order to get into that promise. It was going to take some time. And this is what happened when she went back to Abraham's house. First of all, Sarah did not change. Sarah still mistreated her, still didn't like her. And it was more than just a cold shoulder. I would not consider a cold, you know, just refusing to speak to someone, a severe mistreatment. But let me tell you what else Hagar got. She got provision. She got protection and her son grew. See, the promise was that her son would, would become exceedingly great. Her promise was right there in Abraham's house. And if she'd have let her emotions rule her because of the actions of her leader, she'd have never walked into the promise. And you're saying, Chad, I thought you were going to explain to me about my leader being hard on me. And, and the answer is no, I'm not. Because that's not any of your business. That's God's business. God didn't say, hey, Hagar, if let's take a vote. And if you know, if you feel like you should go back and I feel that, then let's do that. No, he said, you go back and you submit, and I will make sure the promise comes true. Listen, you <laughs> I I have a I work under my senior pastor. I, I report directly to him, but I haven't always reported directly to him. I have served in youth ministry. I've served in kids. I've served in music. I've had several bosses over me in media. And I'm telling you now, even with my senior pastor, not everything goes right and not everything is easy to deal with. And never once has the Holy Spirit ever said to me in my 24 years of being on staff and my 10 years before that or eight years before that, of volunteering, did God say, Chad, I want you to go and correct your leader? Never once. Never has those words been spoken. Chad, I want you to sit down and straighten your leader out, buddy. <laughs> it's not happening. Let me tell you, you leave your leader to God and you deal with you. And I'm telling you, you are able to bear up under any circumstance and situation if you've listened to podcast number one and you remember that your personal relationship with God is the fuel for your life, not your emotions, not your feelings. So anyway, Hagar went back, three, four things. The situation didn't change, but there was protection, provision, growth. That's where the promise began to be fulfilled, was back in that situation. Let me let me break this down to you. Here, here's something that I, I, you really got to hear. Is that is the, God told Hagar, he said, you go back and you submit. This is more than just obedience. It's honor. 
You don't just obey. You obey with a great attitude and with humility and with respect. Let me explain something to you. You're going to really need to hear this point. Really listen. You cannot learn from who you do not respect. You see, if you don't respect your leader, you will think that their correction is just their personal opinion. You will disregard it, not realizing that was the next step of growth you were to take. Now, let me say that again. You cannot learn from who you don't respect. If you don't respect your leader, you will think that their correction is just their personal opinion. You will dismiss it and you will not grow. Just let that sink in there for a minute. Let me read you something else out of the Bible. Uh, well, before I, let me just say that <laughs> this whole process is ridding you of selfishness. Selfishness is what's going to destroy your life. It's going to lead to personal ambitions, and that's what you focus on, to disobedience, and that's what you focus on, and fruitlessness. That's what selfishness is going to do. It's going to destroy the power of God in your life. You better get back in there and submit. Allow that old emotions and circumstances rule me, and I don't like their tone of voice. You let that stuff fall off like the curses that they are. And you truck on with honor and respect because that's where the promise is. So let me read this to you. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. This scripture to me still is just amazing. I don't know if it's puzzling or just, it just, anyway. It says this, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, 8, 9 is what I'm about to read. It says, while Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears and to, I'm sorry, with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence. Now there, verse seven, God heard his prayers, but we know Jesus still died. So God heard his prayers and did not change them. Hmm. Verse eight, even though Jesus was the son of God, here it is, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Now, I think so many people have misconstrued this scripture, and I'm not going to get into all the religious and different denominational backgrounds of, of this. They think, you know, God put me in a car wreck and he's teaching me obedience. You know, God gave me cancer. No, I'm just telling you that's not how God works. You can go debate with somebody else about it. It's a one-way podcast. We don't get to debate here. I'm just telling you that's wrong. God doesn't use sickness. He doesn't use pain. He doesn't use death and harm and evil to help you learn obedience. So even though Jesus was God's son, it says in verse eight, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Now look here in verse nine. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest and he became the source of all salvation to those who would obey. Jesus went through some difficulty. God understood it. He talked with God about it. God said, I hear you. Stay the course. Why? Because there is a future after this difficulty, and it's making you able. So many people don't understand this. They get so caught up in their emotions. This is why it is so important for you to have a personal relationship with God so you don't let your emotions and the season you may be in override the future you're moving towards. If you get out of God's will, you're out of God's will. 
Do you understand that if you jump course, if you jump ship before you have arrived, you will not arrive. That's how this works. And the process, some of those difficulties that you're dealing with are not there just to, God's not just being mean. There are some good things that are coming out of it. And you going through some unfair and unjust stuff is going to prepare you for your future. There are some things behind this difficulty on the other side of this difficulty, even if it's unfair, that are good for you. And it is a future. You need to stick with it and stay this course. Stay with it and let God bless you. Now, I have, you know, I've gone through some things in the time that I've been in ministry. I have a personal story of how I, of a time, this is years back when I got really mad at my pastor about something. I'm going to share that on the next podcast. You're going to want to hear that. It's crazy. And what God showed me out of it was just absolutely amazing, revolutionized the way I work and serve. Let me tell you this. There is a promise behind the difficulty. You stick it out and stay with it. Don't quit volunteering. Don't get frustrated about showing up at band practice. Don't don't quit. Don't leave your position serving in the children's ministry. You go into work and you get do that that missionary work or whatever you're doing. You stay with it and trust God. I trust that God has called my leaders and I trust that God sees my life and I honor my leaders. That is how I put faith in God. I honor the leaders he chose and put over me. Do you understand? And I move forward. I have heard so many testimonies from ministries, from ministers who said, I was doing this. I'll just use this as an example. I heard T.D. Jake speaking once. And he said this. He said, I'm holding the door open, you know, greeting people at the door of this church for years where he was serving. And he said, I've got all these sermons and I've got the, these things going on in this gift of God. And I'm just, and nobody asked me to preach. He stayed, stayed the course. Look where he's at. Stay the course. There is a future. And you're going to need some growth, some correction to get into it. Don't run from it. God sees you where you're at. Even if the situation is unfair, he will bless you. All right, listen, if this podcast has been a blessing to you today, if you learned something, if your heart has been stirred about something, put this sucker on stop, go and write it down right now. And if you wrote something down, let us know. Go to ministrystaffpodcast.com, shoot us an email, let us know what's going on. If you like it, if you don't like it, if you have questions, comments, send them there. If this podcast is a blessing to you, tell someone else. Say, hey, please don't walk up to them, y'all, and be like, let me tell you something. You need this podcast because your attitude stinks. Don't go do that. Just go, just go tell them, hey, I heard a podcast you might want to listen to because you need Jesus. No. Listen, that's it. Next time, listen, I got that story. I'm going to tell you personal testimony next time of how I got mad at my pastor and what God told me about. It's going to be awesome. Next podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.